Welcome, everyone. My name is Maccabee Griffin, and this is Beyond the Pen with my lovely co-host, Marcella Gonzalez. Hello. Can you Hi. hear me now? Hey, guys. Oh, good. Okay. Much better now. Okay, good, because we were having uh, technical difficulties earlier today. Always. So, <laughs> as always. So, if you're new to the, the uh, web show, thank you again for being here. We appreciate it. And just so you know, we take the well-known adage, read between the lines to a whole new level and beyond. Each week, we sit down with a new author to not only discuss one of their books, but also learn about the story behind the story. Now, I've been excited about today's guest for many reasons. One, because our fir- he is our first fiction author on the podcast, and two, because I wanted to know his dealer's name because I couldn't put this down until I finished. And I'm not the only one who said this because when I was reviewing the reviews, one of them actually made the comment that he felt like he was reading a short, uh, short story by Stephen King. And I'm not joking on this. Uh, bad joke. I know, but I do, but I want anybody to know that this is one of the coolest, um, coolest books that I've actually read. I really like it. I haven't even finished it yet just because I don't want everybody to know what's going on. I want you guys to be surprised too, just as I am, because I'm still getting to, I think about chapter five right now, but I love to actually do, I love this book. It's a really good supernatural thriller slash urban fantasy, and it was very well written. And I don't know about you, but I really liked it. So what do you think, Michella? I have the book in my hand. Well, yeah, of course you do. (laughs) It's, it's, it's fabulous. That's, that's the best word to describe. And it's, it's intriguing (laughs) and wow. Let's put it that way. Wow. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. It is definitely one of those that once you start reading it, you're not going to be able to put it down until you finish it. And which is a good thing. That's what a lot of authors really want you to know what to hear, uh, especially the, the the first published, you know, the newly published authors. And this is one of those. I mean, this gentleman has only been this has only been out since of what I can see since October. So, you know, and it's doing he's got over, I think, of what I've seen, I think it's like 20 to 25 different reviews already. And they're between four and four and a half stars so you know to me personally common sense would say that's probably a good book to read so i think you know i think it's time that we bring him on don't you think i think I i've talked to, you know, i haven't left my review left uh, yeah i haven't left a review yet because i i want to reread it yeah yeah that's yeah. the same thing so so it'll be around 25 27 by the time we get done with this hopefully so ladies and gentlemen I give you the time dealer himself and the author of Unwanted Time, Mr. Isaac Bentoncourt. Hi, Hello, everyone. sir. Good afternoon. Hi, hi. Let me switch things over so you don't have a line between the lines. There you go. Hi. Hi. Hi, everyone. So, hey, Isaac. Hi. Hi, Marcella. Great to meet you, Griffin. Thank you. Um you know, it like we were already talking earlier that it, you know it was it was it was very interesting how his background and how he got to this place in when in terms of writing and becoming a newly published author. You know, Marcella actually got me connected with him, and I promise you, ladies and gentlemen, this guy has a great history. I mean, he is 
you know what? I'm just going to stop talking and let you just introduce yourself to everyone. Let me see how I, how I start. <laughs> yeah, I'm Isaac. Uh, hi, everyone. I actually, when you see the book, it says that I, I'm a former FBI trained hostage negotiator. And that is the absolute truth. I used to spend time in Quantico training new FBI agents as to be how to be a hostage negotiator. But that's not how I started. I started with taking Spanish literature in college. That's how I got the kind of the bug of writing. I used to write short stories in Spanish, which I won like first prizes and all that just as a hobby when I was younger. Then after that, I joined the military. I was in the 82nd Airborne uh, Division after college. And then I, I went to the Gulf War with the 82nd Airborne. And then after that, I got into a law enforcement, but I always had that, you know, how you have that uh, that desire to do something, you know, and, and it, won't let, it won't leave you alone. Mm-hmm. You know, Isaac, you must write. Isaac, you must write. You know, this, you know, this little you know, gremlin, you know, kept telling me, you know, and uh, finally this pandemic made it happen, you know, because at that point I was like, you know what, you know, this, this, you know, this is the best time to actually do this. You know, I'm at home, you know, I got time. I'm actually have the story, the the concept in my head. And actually at the time when a pandemic started, I only had like about, I would say probably four and a half chapters you know out of the 20 so out of the 20 and uh, yeah out of the 20 so that's that's how it evolved you know from from you know from 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 a concept to to you know to 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 publish it you know on amazon now how long did it actually take you to actually write the book well the concept the idea started many years ago mm-hmm. you know and it, and it, and in it started almost like I call it a skeleton story where, where I just filled the blanks of how the story would go. <clears throat> Mind you that when I sat down and wrote it, a lot of chapters came that I was not planning, mm-hmm. you know, that I was not planning to write. That's the way that it kind of evolved in, into what it is today. But I would say probably I tell everybody full time, it took me about eight months. I would say full-time, if you were going to count hours, full-time hours, we'll say eight to nine months took me to write it. That's pretty good, especially for a newly published author. I mean, that's, that's insane. I do have to ask you a couple of things. One, like I said earlier, and I've already talked to you about this too. I asked you earlier, but I wanted to say it on online here too, live. Who is your dealer? I mean, who is the seriously, <laughs> who is the dealer for for you putting like some? There's got to be something within those pages, within those words that just made me just like not want to put this thing down. I mean, <laughs> I was just sitting there, just going like this the whole time online, just like, oh, this is so good, this is so good. So, I have to meet him because I really wanted want that stuff. You know, I'm flattered you say that because. My filter is if I don't find that interesting, I don't expect anybody reading it to find it interesting. So I am constantly doing a self check when I write something to describe nature or to describe the scene or what have you, something that I want you to think, to, to have a visual, because I'm a visual person and I like to portray images as I write. So I want people to see those images in their head as I'm seeing them like a storyboard that moves you know keeps moving and you can see it with me as i'm telling you the story and that was my goal 
Oh, trust me, you definitely did good on that because that's exactly what was happening in my head. And especially at the most disturbing parts, too. I was like, oh my gosh, I am very disturbed. The fact yeah. that it, it said storyboard, Isaac, and we were actually discussing the movie version of this already. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Oh. Yeah, we're like, okay, I'm <laughs> guessing somebody's going to pick this up easily yeah. and just start writing it in script form for people just to do and calling you up and saying, hey, <laughs> we want to make a movie out of this. Because I could actually see some some interesting people playing in, in the in this movie. Definitely, I could definitely see. Oh my gosh, who was it? The the people are online are going to kill me, especially those that are <laughs> Star Wars freaks. Uh, the gentleman who played the new uh, Darth Vader, I cannot remember his name for the life of me, but I just see him as Patrick for some unknown reason. I do. I haven't figured out who I, I want. I think would be good for Helen, but. I will get back to you on that. And speaking of which, because I'm glad you brought that segue in there, because as someone who loves to create background stories for characters, especially when I'm coming up with the voices, I'm always looking for inspiration from the people around me, as well as from films and TV stories and stuff like that. Where did you go to get your inspiration for this? That's a really good question. And I think is, you know, as you... As I told you already before we, we started that the story is based mostly on the 80s and I'm a child of the 80s and I love the 80s and the music and everything, you know, that goes with it, the, the big hair, um, you know, the, the Martell's the, hair, right? The leg warmers, yeah. the leg warmers. Yeah. I never had big hair. No, but you have it and now. I, That's what I'm saying. No, I'm kidding. Sorry. I don't have big hair. <laughs> And, and I'm dating myself to the younger audience here, but you know, people like us, we we witnessed the the, evol the evolution from almost no technology to what it is today. You know, when we were growing up, you know, you'll hear this from your grandparents and your parents. You know, there was no cell phones, there was none of this. There was pay phones. You know, had to go somewhere. There was no internet. You mm -hmm. know, and so forth. So my story is based on a time that was. And we all, we love to say this a simpler time, you know, when, when things were, you know, a little more less complex, yeah, you know, in a way. So so the story goes there, and you know, there was not a lot of, a lot of resources that people had then, and it shows mm -hmm. in the novel, you know, with the characters being somewhat dysfunctional, you can say, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just a tad, yeah, tad. just a tad. <laughs> And the stigma so, that, that goes around that where, you know, you have <laughs> issues, but you have to like, just, just toughen up and keep going. Yeah. You know, the, yeah. There's no, you know, you gotta go to a psychologist or have therapy and all that because, you know, it was, it was a stigma, mm -hmm. you know, then in, a, in, a, in, in the culture, which for some people still mm -hmm. is. But anyway, so that's why I, I, I based the novel in the eighties. You know, and, and someone answered the question for me. Hayden Christensen. Oh, did you did you mean Darth Vader? Because the new Darth Vader, this is like decades old already, Max. So like, what, what, where are you in time? <laughs> well, if I don't ask on that one, because okay, I, I'm, um, I'm still in between the 30s, the 50s, the 90s. Today, sometimes it just depends on what my mood is. He but... was the um, the Darth Vader of the prequels, but I I do have yeah. a question, and I think this was a really good segue. Who was the inspiration for Helen? Or was there inspiration for Helen? 
There was an inspiration for her, for her and yet there was. Unfortunately, it was a, a relative of mine. So, yeah, and it wasn't that, but it wasn't, she was like Helen. I mean, no way close to it. It was, oh. just, it was just events that happened throughout my life as, as, a, as a teenage and a child growing up that happened are almost similar to what happened to Helen and Helen's mother in a way. You know, that, that will be for another podcast, of course. But it's, it's almost that there's some, there's some and, and you know, the interesting thing, Marcella, thank you for the question, is I didn't realize that until I finished the book. You know, I was like, oh, my God, that reminds me of this event that happened in my life. And I'm just going to touch on the event very quickly. So what happened is I was in the military, and my grandmother, who I loved very dearly, who was the mother of my mother, she started suffering from dementia. And my aunt agreed to take care of my grandmother. So one day I go on leave, and this I'm very young at this point. I would go on leave uh, to Puerto Rico. I'm from Puerto Rico originally. And I go on leave, on military leave, and I say, oh, let me go see how grandma's doing. You know, and I go to this, you know, I drive to, to this house, which is about uh, 20 minutes away. And I go there and I knock on the door. And it's like one of those movies when you knock on the door and the door is ajar. And then you're like, hello. And then the door makes that creaking sound. Ooh. And I see and there's no furniture. Everything is dark. Everything is dark. And I was like, what's going on here? And I'm like, hello, hello. And nobody's answering. I see a note on the table, on a, on a table there that they left behind. And then I go to the room and my grandmother sleeping in the room by herself. She had been abandoned. Are you serious? I am serious. And oh. so anyway, so at that point, you know, then, you know, of course, the, the, the natural things happen where, I, you know, I started calling people, you know, we, we saw med medical care and so forth like that. But that's, that was kind of like part of what, that you know the, the the you know the character of Helen came from kind of kind of like that you know of course in an exaggerated motion right you know, but that was the basis of, of of the character and of course the craziness actually came from Marcella of course <laughs> we've had this talk I'm only, I'm only half Puerto Rican I'm only half <laughs> I'm not even going there we're leaving that one alone okay so. If we're going to be talking about characters and everything, I have to ask, where did Carmen come from? That was my next That's question. That's so funny. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Thank you for asking that question. So <clears throat> as a um, also Puerto Rican, okay, and Carmen, for everybody here, spoiler alert, she's Puerto Rican also, Puerto Rican, you know. <laughs> descent and so forth. It comes from basically any noisy neighbor that you have. <laughs> I'm sorry. I have I, the reason why I was asking is just because <laughs> of her the way that you put you put it as for her language, it's not it's not Spanglish. It's Carmen Spanglish. <laughs> because, and I would give a spoiler on this one. Because you know, it, there there are few people in our lives that we actually see people that do this. But there's one there's one part of it. She's talking about, and, and help me with this a little bit, raccoonilla, raccoonilla, which is in her mind is half raccoon and half uh, idea, a squirrel. Um, yeah, it was in Spanish, yeah. a squirrel. That's yeah, for yeah, squirrel. Yeah. 
yeah. but when you look at it when, when helen goes out there with a shotgun because she's like okay this is just weird but okay we'll go with it she gets a rusty old shotgun goes out there and it's a what is it it's a possum a possum out of all things and she's like this is a new the like the the new <laughs> mutated version of something and, she, and i love her i love how she says like i i could just hear like the 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 character the spanish character from uh family guy just saying oh mija I don't know what this is. They don't have. They're not on the island. So, and she just walks away. I'm like, and that, and that comes from our true story. So, of course, I can tell you, I can tell you the story. So, please, uh, please. When I was in law enforcement, I got a, I got a, I was, I used to be on patrol, and I got a call from the dispatcher to respond to a house where there was a monster in the backyard. And so I'm like, so I, I, of course, I, I asked the dispatcher, a monster. Yeah, like, yes, officer, a monster. So I go there to the address and I'm like, okay, what's going on? You know, and there was an Asian fam that apparently just recently had migrated from China to the United States. And they were like, they had never seen a possum before. So they're telling me there's a monster in the back here. There's a monster. And then when I go back there and I flash my flashlight, the possum is trying to get out of the yard, you know, the townhome from the yard. You know, like I'm scared of these people. I don't know what's going on. And I tried to do my best to explain that it was just a natural animal. It was just a natural occurrence. They, they live in the area, you know, because they had never seen one either, <laughs> you know. So, you know, anyway, so that, that, that's where that story kind of came Oh, my from. gosh, I love it. See, this is the reason why I love this show is because when people are doing these little symbolisms and they're telling these stories within the story, I'm like, I have to know. If you actually really went through this position or th this story, because it's insane how many people are like, oh, yeah, this came specifically from this. It actually happened. And so I decided to put it in the book. And it's like, I love it. 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 All right. So here's the other thing I have to ask me because of your background and because of you know, setting the, the scene of the story a little bit, because I don't want people just to think it's a comedy or anything like that, because it's, it's not, but it's, it, it's, it's got a twisted, um, there, there was a Michael Douglas movie back in the eighties. And I, I told, I talked to Isaac about this earlier too. And it reminded me it was called, I think it was called heat or something, something, something heat. And it had that same, that same type of feel between, <laughs> doctor and family member or patient and having an affair and all this other stuff. And, but here's the thing that I really wanted to talk about is because the, you're hitting some things that a lot of authors won't even touch anymore because of the fact that they're, they've come to light so much when it's dealing with PTSD and mental health and stuff like this. But the one thing I really wanted to ask you about this, and, and I think you hit it on a little bit here, it was the way that Helen's, who, by the way, Helen is the main character, just so you all know, one of the main characters. And she's having, she's like struggling uh, more with this morality of, you know, being a care, caregiver and, and her and a daughter, but also dealing with someone who's actually caused her harm when she was younger. And I know that you stated that this was, you know, 
closely based off of reality for you. But I, I just want to know, why is it that you felt like this was the way you wanted to set up the situation? Set up the whole whole. The story starts like that, and then it evolves into something else. But the theme there, if you're gonna make a word association with Helen, and the in the struggle is, you know, sometimes we struggle with freedom, what we call freedom, and our responsibilities. You know, and that happens throughout our lives. You know, when we have mm-hmm. children, you know, I cannot do the things I used to do the, anymore. Or when I have a job, I just have to stay there. I cannot leave. You know, all this stuff. And, you know, I need this job because I got to pay the bills. So it's a constant struggle of human beings. As human beings, where we struggle with what's right, what we think is right, and what we is it that we would like to do in a fantasy kind of thing. You right. know, and how some people go to extremes to achieve uh, that kind of goal. Yeah. And, and, you know, I, I felt really, it made me feel a little uncomfortable, but I understood, but it, for me personally, it's just because of the fact that as an actor, I always try to figure out what the, what the uh, mindset is of the character at that time. And I found myself going in some very dark spots in my own brain. And, it, and just like many others have said, like I said earlier, it has that almost Stephen Kingish uh, short story feel to it, and even my wife, who is a huge Stephen King fan, just like Marcella is, she was after reading it too. She was like, "Yeah, it, it definitely has some of those feelings here and there, and some of those themes as well." And and it, and it almost what's scary. She almost reminded me of Misery, almost as, as the way that she was her her mom and then not wanting to just going into that psychological point of just like that break and that i thought that was really a good to me personally for the audience that that's my way of explaining a little bit of what her mindset is like and, and she's very methodical um, especially with her list and i, I wanted to ask you why is it so important that she had that list for your in your mindset when you were first creating the situation? With that regard, really, really good question. With that regard, I was thinking about a criminal mind that wants to get away with something. And especially if they want to be free, you know, what would it take for me to be free? And I think in her case was like, I need this so I can stay on point and not forget or make any mistakes because my goal is to be free eventually, mm-hmm. you know, to, 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 you know, to, 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 to accomplish that goal. I must do whatever I need to, even though the list was a dangerous thing to have, you know, she regarded freedom more as a price, as a reward, as an end goal than, than, than having the risk of carrying a list around of the things that she needed to do to accomplish that goal. Yeah. And, and, you know, I thought was even more interesting was the fact that you took it from not only her mindset in the act, but also from the victim mindset as well. You know, right when she's being when and and spoiler alert on this one, and you'll get that feeling anyways, when you start reading it, she actually starts to murder her mother, Elizabeth. You, you actually went from like the action point. Like I could actually see the, the camera going from seeing the actions of Helen using a pillow over her mom's face and 
you know, doing all this stuff. And then all of a sudden it just swips. It just flips real quick into like the internal monologue of the mom and what she was saying. So here's my question for you again on this. Why were you just like Elena? Why were you going? Why did you do that? It was there a specific reason why you did that? Because I wanted to make the characters as human as possible and how in the in the book is about emotions and human beings emotions and how do we feel through those hard times and so forth so i would have done a list of you know an unjust act if i would have not explained how she felt when she was being victimized because mm -hmm. regardless of you do in life you know it's not up it's not up to us to decide you know, who lives and who, who dies, you know, right. it's, it's, you know, there are other powers, you know, at B that actually decide those things, yeah. you know, but as, as people, and that's why, you know, the vigilante stuff is so controversial and so forth, because there are no set of rules. So at that mm -hmm. point, you know, I wanted to uh, show the people what Elizabeth was going through at that point. Yeah, because there, there's a lot of times where you really don't get that internal monologue and I thought that was a great twist onto what was going on on the situation because you don't, you really don't get that from a lot of authors when, when creating fiction. I've noticed it in a few books here and there, a few authors here and there, but not many. A lot of them are just, okay, we're going to paint the picture and then we're going to move on. And we're going to set, we're just going to from scene to scene. Which brings me to a question, Isaac. So I know in my own writing style, I have to process specific emotions to be able to write specific scenes. What were you thinking at that moment? How were you feeling? That was a very, that specific scene was one of the pivotal points in the book. So I had to make it sound like um. almost like a, a mini climax in a way that was happening there. So I was thinking about the, the struggle, you know, the uh, the anger, the emotional feeling, the betrayal that she was feeling at the time. You know, I tried to identify it or, or come to a point in my life where I felt those things. And then, you know, to go through the progression of how, you know, because, you know, if you read psychology and you read about the stages of grief, for example, you know, there are five of them. And then you go through that, you know, but then when you are, dying you have no time for that you know it's gonna be a, you know it's gonna be a rapid kind of thing and i just wanted to show people that although elizabeth was not the nicest person out there us as a human beings if we're going through that we're gonna ha also have emotions because it doesn't matter who you are you know there, there has to be an outlook you know to to what's happening and what she decided at the point which made the story continue of what mm -hmm. decision that she made. Yeah, because obviously we're 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 talking about a a mental breakdown of I need my freedom. I'm tired of you just being selfish. I'm tired of you dealing with, you know, making me not have a childhood. And there were there were a few and here's where the supernatural stuff comes in at the beginning at least is that there is a little bit of a cult involved in it at the beginning because of the fact that her 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 dad oh shoot i had his name and lost it colton colton mm -hmm. 
Yeah, he was. He had died on a motorcycle. And then obviously with the suspicious mind of Elizabeth, you know, the whole idea that why was he on the bridge in the first place? You know, he's not even close from where he works and all this other stuff. And I love how you made him so lovable, you know, that that person that everybody loved, especially the kids, because of him giving back to the community. And then you take you bring in another man who's like almost completely opposite, but has that that facade of being um, being this nice guy, very charismatic. He is, you know, he'll do everything he can because he wants to. But it's not really because he it's in his heart. It's because he likes the fame because he's living off of what his grandparents did with the, the town. And I, I love how you created that mixture between, OK, this is the good guy that was in her life when she was young and it was taken away. And then all of a sudden now, boom, here's this narcissistic fame loving kind of guy that was like, okay, we're just going to joke around about this and having this little fair and stuff, having our thing. And then he makes that joke about, you know, well, if you want to be with me, then you're just going to have to get rid of your mom. So why was it so important for you to make that like big different, big switch between a loving father and then her coming in and just seeing this facade of a doctor? I think I think there they they are five things that that people that I learned that people value and I, this is in a book from Shapiro, Fisher and Shapiro, which is about negotiation, and they say that there are five core values that we like as human beings, you know, and uh, some of them are autonomy, affiliation, role, status, and affiliation. Those are the five things. So at that point, the reason I'm bringing that up is because for Helen, it was a matter of status in a way. Mm-hmm. Remember that she said, I want a house, I want this, I want that. So she was willing to uh, ignore everything else about this guy just so she could get that fantasy life mm-hmm. that she wanted you know, with her freedom. Now, the dad... At the, uh, you know, uh, I ride motorcycles. I love motorcycles. So that's where that <laughs> kind of came from. Uh, I've been riding motorcycles over 20 years now. In a way, I, I fix them. I do everything, you know. So, you know, I'm one of those guys. I'm a, into, you know, motorcycle enthusiast kind of thing. So anyway, oh. so that's that, that's where that came from, the character, yeah. You you kind of get her, her idea of like... She, because I'm glad you brought that up about, you know, the five stages and stuff like that and the five processes. Sorry, my brain's not wanting to say words right now. But I loved it because you even put it subtly in when she's talking to the 911 dispatcher, when she's when she's going through the 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 alphabet on him and she gets to R and she says rich. Now, to me, I'm like, oh, no, this is straight up murder. If I was a dispatcher and I heard that. I'm like, yeah, that's straight up. And and, and to me, because again, I'm basing my idea of what's going to happen off of this one little part because she is so meticulous with everything, with the list, with the cassette player, with the pencil and everything. 
And this paper that she has, this list, she has written on it so many times because she's so superstitious. But it's when this started to happen that when she said rich, I was like, oh, she's done right there. You know, she's I have right to say, you just made my day. The reason why that is, is because, yeah, because you are the, I wanted to make the exact point that you just brought up with the call from the dispatcher, but nobody has told me that before you today. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly the goal that I wanted to accomplish in during that scene, specifically what you just described. And I just, right now, I just feel complete <laughs> because that little scene that. right there. That I, <laughs> I mean, speechless like for three seconds there. <laughs> <laughs> Your face just froze up real quick. <laughs> well, because uh, as someone who is in the was in the military too, because I was with the um, the twenty fifth ID as well as the forty six engineers, and I was supply. So we have to go through this all the time. And when you're going through that alphabet, R is normally like Romeo or something to the or road or something like that but not rich and that was like okay yeah she's done they're gonna bring that back easily on her i hope i didn't bring out too much on it but i thought it was a great point i was like i have to do that i have to ask him about that um you know there was so there were so many other things about this that i was just like so enthralled with and, and i want to talk about patrick a little bit more too because he are you talking is, about the doctor the doctor yes. Mr. Yeah, so Doctor. I apologize. I apologize. His name is Paul. Paul. I'm sorry. Paul, 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 not Patrick. See, I knew I would mess up on the least couple of names here and there. Or, I'm known yeah. for at least messing something up with this. I knew it was going too easy. Too, yeah. too But easy. you know what I was thinking? I was thinking I should have named him I should have named him Patrick. Actually, I like that name. <laughs> <laughs> well, in your rewrite, maybe you could do that. But I love here's the other before I start talking about Paul. I mean, I love how you've already made two different versions of the book you made an english version and then you have a spanish version now i guess there's not a lot of people not a lot of authors will do that unless they're starting to work on their audiobooks and stuff like that and they're like okay we'll get the bilinguals in there we'll make it up and they'll make works and obviously when when you're talking about doing that you already got someone who can speak Spanish, obviously. That's that's a downright. Well, she, most of her Spanish is there. She's giving me the death eyes, but uh, it's okay. Uh, <laughs> I have to pick on her. She's my big sister, okay? Give me a break here. Anyway, because she picks on me all the time. Every time. To... See? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. But back to Paul, I, I the concept of that narcissism within him is... I love that concept of like, you're trying to make him, you're hitting the point, the subject of a lot of, um, a lot of characters are out there. Like they'll have that facade on for everybody else as being this grandiose, wonderful person. And then all of a sudden you just look behind the door and they are the most ridiculous person. They're the horrible. And in this case, obviously, you know, with him and his wife, you know, at first he did everything because of family, you know, went to Malibu, still did the med did the general general uh, medical stuff. Um, but he wasn't happy and he met this woman, you know, an artist. He loved his work and everything, did what everything he wanted to do to get her. 
And then when he gets back, he's like, okay, I'm just, it's all about the family. I don't care what you think. It's all about the family. Why would, did you want to put that in there specifically with his mindset? Because it comes back later. Well, yeah, I figured that's going to come back later. <laughs> but can you give a little bit of hint of why it was like so important for the family a segment to be a part of his his behavior? Yeah, yeah, because when you and you mentioned earlier about his grand his father saving the town, you know, his family saving the town and so forth. So he goes to Malibu and he feels vulnerable. He feels exposed. He's, he feels like he's just a regular Joe, in a mm -hmm. way. And yeah, he's a doctor, but he's no, you know, when he goes back to town in North Carolina, this, by the way, this happens in North Carolina, he, he is, like you said, he's a famous person, you know, he's, he's revered, you mm -hmm. know, he's the talk of the town. You know, people like you know, and 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 he and he needs to fill that ego, narcissistic ego, with that fuel that he doesn't get in Malibu. So it wasn't that much about the family; it was more about him as an individual. You know, and okay. what filled them as an individual. Yeah, his family was there because they gave him the status that he wanted, mm -hmm. but it was mostly about him the whole time. Yeah, and I, I love how his wife actually, his wife calls him out on it, too. He's like, you're not doing this because you love it. You're doing this because of your ego. And, and he just, he did not like that answer at all. So I hope this gives a, a little bit of, a, of an insight to our audience to um, just the first couple of chapters. Because, I, again, I'm going to continue to read this because I have... I have it on Kindle Unlimited already, so I'm going to finish <laughs> reading this easily today because, again, I need to know the drug dealer's name because that's what these pages are like. And it, it's something that I, I really, truly believe everybody that is listening to us on later and people are watching now. Thank you for being here. We love you and we appreciate it. But here's the thing that I really want you guys to do. I want you all to really go out and get this book. It is called Unwanted Time. It looks time, exactly time like unwanted. the you Time Unwanted. I, can, I always do that again. Every time. I go. had it right there, too. I'm dyslexic. I swear. Between ADD and dyslexia. Copy. I got my yeah. copy when, when Isaac released it, and I, I bought it right away. And then I said, all right, I'm going to say it again. This is... An empty page. It's waiting for your signature, Isaac. <laughs> She's going to send it back to you just to get her. Yeah, yeah. I, I, he's going to come to New York at some point, and I'm going to find out where he is, and he's going to be like, here. Not even, hello, oh, Isaac, yeah. how are you? It's so nice to meet you in person. Here's the book. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I had a comment on the book itself. It's, and it's not an insult. It's going to sound like it's an insult. It's, not, it's an easy read. However, it's so intense which is why I like that it's an easy read because I could go mm -hmm. back and read it over and over. And I feel like, you know, I, I feel like I, I'm reading it and it's like, okay, this was, this was simple enough to, to read and to understand. I love your writing style, but I had to go back and like process everything. Mm -hmm. I had to process it. It's not like I was reading uh, Kafka or somebody else where sometimes I'm sitting there going, what is he talking about? I knew what you were saying, but I still had to go back and process everything. That's what I loved about this book. 
And here's the other thing with that too, is the fact that a lot of people with that reading, with your writing style is the fact that they like it so much. They're like, okay, now I want to go back and I want to see if I pick up on any of these little hints, like the rich, like I did. Cause again, when I come up, when I'm writing my questions up and everything, I always have to go back and forth through the, through the pages once, like once, three, four times, just to get the thought of like, okay, how can I word this out? And for me, I was like, okay, I'm already going to start from the beginning again, because I've already started, because as a voice actor, I'm always going straight into it. Like it's, it's a, like it's a play or like it's a, it's Mm -hmm. a script. Mm -hmm. And I'm just like reading exactly like it is. And sometimes I do that a lot. I I really do, unfortunately. But here's the other thing I really wanted you to do. Marcella, can you put the, the book up to the camera real quick? Because I want to ask you a question real quick on this. Why that, that illustration, why the hand, what was it so important to have the hand there? If I told you, I would give the book away. So I got to wait. I got to read the rest of the book to get it out. Oh, you are. I asked him when I first got it, and he said the same exact oh. thing. And All I right, well, but it, it will totally make sense after chapter five. Yeah, it will okay, totally makes sense. Got it. Yeah, good because I know I got something. I got something yeah, to go yeah. look forward to. Okay, yeah. yeah. But uh, one thing I wanted to mention was that regarding my writing style was that, in an arrogant kind of way, and I apologize to the audience for saying this. But, you know, people ask me, Isaac, this book is well-written and, you know, the comments like so forth. Where did you take writing classes and so forth? And the only thing I can tell you is that I only took literature, Spanish literature, when I was in college. But for this book, I wanted to be like a painter Mm -hmm. and paint my painting the way that I wanted to paint it with with the colors, with the strokes, with everything, without, without following lines without saying, well, for this technique, I must apply this shadow kind of thing. I must do this first and I must do that first. No, I just wanted to splash the colors and then write, you know, and then develop something that you might see something and then Marcella might see something else and so forth like that. And that was my style. And, -hmm. you know, and I took a risk because I said, you know what? I am not following any pattern. Because, you know, some writers will say, well, you cannot go from third person to first person, which sometimes I do. And, now, and, you know, and you'll see that. But to me, it just fit the story in a way that it made sense and it made sense to me. So my writing style might be something that some people may criticize that this is not something that follows a pattern. But it was just my painting and the way that I wanted to paint it. And, and you know what? I'm glad you said that because a lot of people are like that. And there, there are, some, there are very few people that actually write it like that. They want to, they want to actually do it, you know, technical skills here and there, just like that. And then all of a sudden you come up with people that are like you that say, okay, I have, I want to paint it. I want to paint the picture so well that people can see this like a movie or go into a art an art studio and go, I understand exactly why they brushed it out this way and this way. I want, I understand why he used that specific type of brush on that part of the painting. Um, 
because again, that's like everybody. And this is why, this is another reason why I love doing this podcast is because I, I want to always bring authors on like you that have done this, that are going through it again. They're already starting to work on, I'm pretty sure you're already working on another one on this one. I am. Uh, I already got four chapters on the sequel. See, oh, there you Lord, go. Those are my next questions. That's how I was going to close. I know, I know, I know. Sorry, oh, take it off for everybody. Punch you in the face, Maccabee. <laughs> I know, I'm taking all of our great, great stuff. But for me personally, I, I, I like that style because it makes it one, it makes it easier for me to, to read it. Two, it makes me, because of the fact that I, I feel like I do have ADD. I've never been diagnosed, but I'm pretty sure I do. But for that, it does help me to like, okay, I want to be enthralled in this. And it makes it so much more entertaining. So when I'm bringing authors like you on the show, I want other people to know that they don't have to stick with a certain technique. They don't have to do it a certain way. They can just be themselves and create whatever flies out of their mind onto the paper or onto the computer. So I'm going to end on that part for myself. Marcella, it is your corner. Yeah, I've got a couple of questions for you. And we usually try to get through them real quick, Isaac, but you're good like that. So the first thing, what's your writing kryptonite? Procrastination. Okay, yeah. that's, yeah, I can identify with that. Next question is, is there a quote? Do you have a favorite quote that has inspired you to write or does inspire you to keep doing what you're doing in general? That's a really good question. I, I cannot recall the quote verbatim right now, mm -hmm. but I like this quote that I wrote, that I read once that this writer wrote, and it was when something like, people see the world to guide themselves. Writers see the world to describe it, you know, in, in, in the writings or something like that. I like that. I yeah, like and that. it was something, it was not verbatim, but it was something like yeah. that. And that is so true because as I described earlier in the, in the, you know, in the, during the podcast or in the interview, those experiences in my life have helped me shape this book and it's going to help me shape, you know, other books and, and, mm -hmm. and so forth. So, uh, yeah. So my, like my last question, I have one last question. What's next? Ooh. So, um. I hope that your wishes come through about, you know, this book turning into a movie. I, I, I'm going to say that as a first author, first writer, I'm very flattered at the response that I have received so far, the positive, you know, feedback that I have received from strangers, you know, because that's because from people that love you, you know, it's hard for them to actually be critics because they don't want to hurt your feelings but strangers they don't they're not invested so you know they are actually you know I've, I've i've heard a lot of great feedback which you know it's flattering but i think right now i'm working on the sequel because people have asked me for it and i'm writing another book and the title is going to be the macaque cult Ooh. and it's going to be about and it's going to take place in a if you guys want to research it, it's an island off Puerto Rico that actually the monkeys only live there mm -hmm. oh yes I, I know this one I know yeah. this one so yes. the book is going to be based on that kind of island and things Ooh. that happen and, and so forth like that so wow. you yeah. hear it here folks before it, 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 it even began 
Yeah. Yeah. So we're going to keep you to that. We're going to put your feet to the fire on that one. Um, You know, I want to thank you so much for being on the show, Isaac. It has been a pleasure talking to you. Please tell everybody where they can find your book, any live events or any special places that you want to close the, the show with. Yeah, thank you. So my book is on Amazon, like you mentioned earlier. It's on the Kindle version. For those of you that are subscribers, subscribers to Kindle Unlimited, it's free. Otherwise, it's uh, $199, which I put it in you know, a price to, you know, for people to actually enjoy it and, you know, cheap. And also, I often come on Clubhouse, on Clubhouse as how I met Marcella, and people ask me about my book. There's also, I created a club just for people to join if they like the book and so forth. It's called Time Unwanted Club in, in Clubhouse. And it'll be great to, you know, get your feedback and so forth. You can find me online anywhere, Instagram, LinkedIn, you know, with this name, of course. But I, I, I do in advance want to thank the audience for their support, you know, as they read the book. And, and, and I hope that you enjoy it as much as, you know, many have already. Oh, I can tell you right now, they are definitely going to enjoy <laughs> it. I am absolutely sure. That, what is it? Oh, okay. Uh, Somebody was putting the remarks I'll put up for you guys to see. So you're either Pollock or Rorschach. 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 Pollock. Pollock. What did I say? Pollock? I I told you, I cannot read tonight. I cannot read today. (laughs) I I also don't have my glasses on, too. So I'm going to say that. It's reason because I don't have my glasses on. And actually, let's see. I think I know who who sent that. Yeah, because I can't see it on my end. But you know what? I I think it's hilarious (laughs) because it's true. It's true. Because, again, that's what people push us out as. It's like, hey. We want our authors to be like painters. Like you said, we see it a certain way. You guys put it a different way for us. You make it more wonderful than what we see. Because people like me, we're not good with words. So as you can tell. But, you know, Isaac, thank you again for being on the show. Ladies and gentlemen, please head over to Amazon. Grab the book, Time Unwanted. And just enjoy this great thriller slash urban uh, supernatural, uh, urban something. I don't even know anymore what is what, what the category is. But it's there's it, there's so many things that you can just push this under when it comes to category wise. But I love it just because it is. I love the whodunits. I love figuring things out. I love. A little bit of like the supernatural stuff too, but mostly like the whodunits. So I'm already I'm already in. I'm already going to buy my copy and get him. I've already got the unlimited one, but I want the <laughs> physical copy too. I'm gonna send it to him and I'm gonna have him send it back to me with his with his autograph on it because I can tell you right now, ladies and gentlemen, the way this is going, he is going to be as big as Stephen King. I I I, 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 I wish <laughs> Hey, you keep it up with the writing style. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. So stick around real quick, Isaac, after we get off here. And me and Marcella will give our final thoughts on, on, on everything. And then we'll close out. And I thank you again so much for, for being on here. Thank you for having me. All right, Marcella. What do you think? <laughs> I know I'm trying. I'm moving. I'm moving stuff around. I'm moving stuff around. I know. <laughs> 
So, so as, as you know, I know Isaac from Clubhouse and, and I'm always excited when someone I know does something creative. So it's a book, mm-hmm. music. And, and once I met you, it, and I realized that we, we, we interview a lot of self-help authors, yeah. you know, but I, I felt that Isaac needed to be here. I felt like he mm-hmm. needed to be on the show because it is an incredible, intriguing, scary book. <laughs> it's scary. It is. It um, is. And that's coming from somebody like the queen of horror in my, you know, my own little circle. So mm-hmm. I, you know, I hope everybody gets a copy of the book. I ha- I got mine right away. I need to reread yeah. it. I'm, I've been recommending it. I mean, I'm glad you started, to, you like it, you started and you like it. Oh yeah. So, oh yeah. 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 I, from straight from the first like couple of pages, I was like, oh yeah, I am in so easily on this. This is going to yeah. be one of those that I'm going to be rereading just yeah. so I can go back and just figure out if there's little, little things like that first one I gave out to everybody. Mm-hmm. If you didn't hear it, that's on you. You'll figure it out when you read it because you got to read it to figure it out. But, you know, for me, I, I'm definitely one that is going to be getting it. And, you know, it is wonderful to have him on here. And, you know, I, I love having Marcella on here. She makes it so much more interesting. Plus, she's the only other reason why a lot of people come on here is just because she's pretty and that's it. No, she's smart and crazy and stuff like that. They love that, too, about her. Anyways, join us next week live at noon Eastern Standard Time on Facebook, YouTube, and LinkedIn as we talk to another inspiring author as they tell us about their book and in the inspiring story behind the story. So until next time, folks, remember, keep writing, keep inspiring, and keep sharing as you go beyond the pen. Go beyond the pen. Bye, everybody. Bye, guys. Hey folks, that's a wrap for this episode of Beyond the Pen. We hope you enjoyed listening as much as we enjoyed creating it. If you'd like to stay connected and up to date with everything Beyond the Pen, follow us on Twitter at Beyond the Pen Pod and Instagram at Beyond the Pen Podcast. For even more content and exclusive access to our guest profiles and more, make sure to visit our website at beyondthepenpodcast.com. Don't forget to join our Facebook fan page to interact with our favorite authors and fellow fans of the show. And if you want to take your Beyond the Pen experience to the next level, check out our selection of video interviews on Traverse TV's video on demand and live stream. You can access these interviews through your Roku, Amazon Fire, Apple TV, Google Play, iTunes, or the Traverse TV app. So until next time, thanks again for tuning in and remember to keep writing inspiring and sharing as you go beyond the pen.